Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. My guest today is 12-year Army veteran June Moss. June says she not only fought in Iraq, but she also fought back here at home battling with post-traumatic stress disorder. She's also struggled with the effects of divorce and homelessness and was featured in Time Magazine's article, How We're Failing Our Female Veterans, and in a CNN report on women and mother vets with PTSD. But she found mindfulness and has worked to improve her mental and medical health since. She received an assembly resolution by the State Assembly Veterans Committee in Sacramento and is now working for the chaplain service in the Veterans Affairs Office in Palo Alto. She's an advocate for mental health and wellness and the mother of two college-age children. We're going to learn a lot more about June today, her time in the Army, and her journey to find mindfulness and positive mental health, all here on the Veterans Path podcast. All right, welcome to the show, June. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to have you on here. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you uh, a lot better and have your have you share your story with our listeners. But before we get into that, I'm just going to start every show by letting our listeners know exactly what we do at Veterans Path and then why we're doing this show. So Veterans Path, we introduce veterans to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word PATH, P-A-T-H, peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor, in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make more people aware of what we do to increase support and then to increase attendance at our retreats while simultaneously reducing the stigma around seeking mental health support. Listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Okay, that all said, we'll go ahead and jump into our questions, June. June, you've you've had a heck of a road to get to where you are now so i want to jump right in here and get to the heart of the story can we go back to the beginning when you actually entered the army what why did you join and when was that i joined in uh, march of 93. um i came from an abusive household and that was the start of me. That was the reason why I decided to come in the military. So you, you say you came from an abusive household. Um, was that uh, on your your family's side, uh, your your parents, or was that uh, were you married at the time and you entered, and that's why you came in? No, I was um, a child of abuse. A child of abuse. Okay. And, and then how far, since we're talking children, how far into your military service did you have children? Um, my first tour is when I got pregnant um, with my children. And, and when? Within my first tour. When was that? So 
Um, we're looking at, um, my daughter was born in, um, I went to Germany in 94, 96. So, and she was born in 96 and I had a son in 97. Got it. So those were your first, uh, deployments and then you ended up deploying to Iraq in, uh, in 2003. Is that right? That's correct. That is correct. All right, and that's that's really what I, I want to get into here is that deployment, what you saw, and then how coming back from that was. But before before we get really deep here, because I, I know our conversation is going to get real deep really fast, I want to stop and, and put in a quick plug for our sponsors. They help support our veteran, Veterans Path programs. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Army veteran June Moss. So we were just covering your deployment to Iraq in 2003, and at the time, you had two young children. How was that for you, leaving your children, knowing that now you had gone to Germany in 94 and 96, but now you're going to Iraq, a combat zone. How was that for you? And prior to um, 94, 96, shortly after that, I was married. Okay. So, um, so there was a marriage span in between the 94, 96 and going to Iraq, um, me and my, um, husband, he had also went to Iraq as well. So that was, um, having both of us in the same, um, danger zone. You guys were deployed to Iraq at the same time? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, wow. That's pretty rare. I don't think I realized yes. that. Yes, okay. and that's what that was our second deployment being deployed at the same time. So when you're leaving your children, then like that, uh, you're leaving them with your 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 parents, or who are you leaving them with? Um, my mother was deceased by that time frame. Okay. So you're leaving them with other family members. Other family members, yeah. So mm -hmm. how, so that was um, I imagine quite difficult for for the two of you, for you and your husband at the time. Yeah. It's very stressful. Sure. It's very stressful. And then while you were deployed to Iraq, where exactly were you and what were you doing? Um, we were both mechanics. And, and you were deployed to where? Exactly where? Um, <laughs> in Iraq, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. Exactly to pinpoint it gotcha. on a map. I couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah, so you probably moved. If you're a mechanic, and I think, I think a driver, uh, you did quite a bit of moving around. And um, so, what was that time deployed like for you, both, both on the battlefield, and then also what I want to talk about is how in 2003, how did you stay connected with your family back home, your children? Um, being. On the field, I would say I didn't worry so much about me. It was more worrying about everyone else around me. And so I would do things to ensure everybody else's morale, like order popsicles from Walmart or the grocery store and have them delivered and put them in a the freezer, small things that I know we couldn't get. Right. Um the littlest things from having butter cookies, you know, 
just small things that you would just little treats, that kind of stuff, just, just having conversations with people to reassure them that it's going to be okay. Right. And I think that, in, in this day and age, uh, where we are now, I mean, I've been deployed several times. I remember my first deployment um, in 2005. Uh, I deployed with an AT&T calling card, and I, and I had to go, you know, a, a mile down the road to a, mm-hmm. like a calling booth and sit there with, you know, 50 other people that were calling home using their AT&T calling card. And now, uh, <laughs> the last time I deployed, I had Wi-Fi in my room, I mean, it was it was probably one of the the cushiest deployments I've been on. Even though I was in Afghanistan, it was a combat deployment. I was uh, able to connect via Wi-Fi with my family back home and carry on video conferencing, video to, uh, video uh, conversations mm-hmm. with my family. Uh, for the listeners who <laughs> who imagine that's how it was back in two thousand three. Can you tell us how it was communicating with your family? I'm assuming very similar to what I just covered, in using that using that that communal phone booth to call back home to your children. I imagine you did some it, something similar. It was something similar to that, and um, it was a long walk, and we only got a few minutes to talk to them. And the funniest thing I remember. <laughs> was one time I was I called home they were and um this was the first appointment this was in Iraq this was the first appointment um to I was going we were in Kosovo then and this was in the in the 90s and you had to walk two miles but this is a separate story I hate to to veer off to something else no that's but fine that's fine it, I called my kids we walked two miles to the phone booth, two miles. It was a little over two miles to the phone booth to call them to get a five-minute phone call. Wow. And my kids, my daughter, answered the phone, and she said, Mommy, we're outside playing, and gave the phone back to my mom, <laughs> and my son wouldn't even get on the phone. And it was just just like that, just so Ouch. okay. Just like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so then... Fast forward to, um, you know, Iraq. Now, we still had to, you know, walk a bit to get to the phone and, you know, call them. But she's a little older now. and She right. understands that, um, you know, mom is out there, you know, that we're out there for a purpose now. Um, she doesn't quite understand. She just knows her her understanding is you're there to there's a bad man and you guys are there because a bad man is out there. Sure. And that's all she knows. That's, that's all she was, her friends are telling her and they're talking about it at school and all this stuff. So she, she's waiting up and when she hears the phone ring, she's thinking maybe that's mommy's going to call on that day. She knows mommy's going to call on Sunday and we're like making sure we call her on Sunday so that way she gets that call and she stays up to get the call to, and she pays attention now. She, she really honors the call. She's not like, like just 
you know, poo-pooing these calls away, like forgetting it, you <laughs> sure. know, it's like, and it's like for somebody to be that young, it's like, oh my God, I uh, really appreciate it. It's right. the, I appreciate her appreciating, you know, just appreciating it all yeah. together. For her to be that young, it, it means a lot. And from, it meant a lot. From their side, so she is how old? She's seven years old at this time. So she's, yeah, okay. yeah, she's about seven. And so she's got. They have both their parents deployed. They're they're waiting for a call from mom. I'm assuming they're also having to wait for calls from dad, uh, and those are also having to be scheduled. So I can only imagine as a seven year old what that must feel like, knowing that you can only speak to your your mom and your dad every so often and only for a limited amount of time. And again, this is before video calling, so it's not like you're seeing your mom and your dad um, through through uh, Skype or through um, some other video conferencing platform. So I can only imagine how hard that is from their side. Have you ever spoken with them to to hear their perspective now that they're uh, now that they're grown up? You know. Um that's a good point to talk to them about it. My daughter, um, she has a lot to say about how things were um, back then um, because me and him were on different camps. So she got more conversations out of me um, than him because he wasn't able to call as much because his job was, you know, required more of him. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I got to call, you know, right. <laughs> I I have to call. I'm going to call. But um, she remember, but she remembers more gifts coming from him because <laughs> he couldn't call as much. Right. Um, so that was that was one of the things. But from her perspective, um, she had a lot to say about how things was. One thing she did say that um, I thought was really important as a kid that um once we return back and I'm I'm probably jumping ahead um for a parent that has um post traumatic stress disorder PTSD she felt it important to talk about it as mm-hmm. a child really and yes and it was her um when I was first approached to do my first story she was the one when I came home and said, Hey, I'm approached about this story. What do you guys think? I'm going to have to share a lot about um, some personal things um, that has happened. And what do you guys think? And she was the one that said, mom is bigger than you. Wow. Wow. She's wise beyond her years. That's, she told uh, me that's that. something else. So, she has always been very supportive and very intelligent about um, what it means. And she's spoken out herself um, as a child in in several stories. Um, and I, I'm just so proud of her. You know, my son, he's been in stories, but he's pretty much just sat there and, <laughs> you know, not a little bit. But she's been, she's partaked and actually had some, you know, quotes and some conversations. Wow. So, uh, going back to the phone calls. So again, mm-hmm. you and your you and your husband deployed simultaneously to different yes. camps, 
you're calling home to talk to your children. How often did you guys get a chance to talk to one another during that time you were deployed? Uh, I saw him once. Wow. And you were deployed for how long? From January to August. January to August, so nine months or eight months. Wow. Mm-hmm. That and and he was deployed that same exact amount of time. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That <laughs> I can uh, cannot even I imagine. I saw him once. Once that between be. that time, the time the only time I saw him more than that is when we got on the plane and we got off the plane. I don't count that time. I don't count that. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't count that. <laughs> yeah. So um, while you are deployed. You're you're driving your your mechanic, but you're also driving in convoys. Um, what what was that like for you, the convoys? Oh man, convoys were um, they were intense. That was my my part of them were intense. Part of it was exciting. Part of it was oh my god. Is that, am I seeing that? Mm-hmm. Am I really seeing that? Um, did that just happen? That was, that was the, the statements that I was making, like, whoa, that looks like something that was in the movies. Right. You know, those kind of, like, jarring, kind of like, like you're taking back type of statements. Sure. Um felt like a dream right it it literally felt like a dream like it was unreal like you like an outer body kind of experience most people would think really yes mm-hmm. like you're not you're not even the one really seeing this or experiencing this and you're just you're seeing all of this firsthand it's not a movie. Yeah. It's not fake. This is you're living it. And and then how, when you're uh, you've been deployed for eight months, you're away from your family, you've been on these convoys where you've seen some horrific things and almost surreal. Felt like you're in a dream. Now you get on that plane that you mentioned before. <laughs> you're seeing your husband, but that doesn't really count because that's you're flying back. It's almost mm-hmm. that's your almost your time to decompress. I mean, back in in, in olden times, or not olden times, but even uh, you know a few decades ago, people were coming back by a ship, or they were coming back uh, and having to travel for days before they were back in the states. Now you jump on a plane, and 12 hours later you're back in the states. And how was that after you've seen all that? How was that coming back for you? So now that we come back, you're expected to magically be back to work, be back to mom, be back to dad, be back to, you know, brother, sister, you know, that life. And... You know, mom is not mom. Because of what you've it, seen. Because of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. The children aren't brother, sister. They're not the same because they feel like 
something could have happened to her, something could have happened to him, something could have happened. Their their reactions are they're really clingy now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, really needy now. Their responsiveness is like, what happened? So now everybody needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Everybody is responding responding differently. It's family therapy. There's individual therapy for myself, the children, the husband. Everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs care. Now, whether or not, and we need family counseling, mm-hmm. marital counseling. Now, this is where, this is what ha- this is where the issues come in. When the care is not coming in, right? Well, it's not when the care is not coming in. It's when the person doesn't take the care. Now, I can't force you to take the care. Mm-hmm. Now, when me, the children, are going to family counseling, we're going to individual counseling, and another adult doesn't doesn't join us, then you start seeing the side effects of that of what what we've seen does. Right. So what, so you're, by, by you saying that your husband wasn't going to the individual therapy, he wasn't going to the family therapy, and he wasn't going to the marital therapy, is that correct? No, he didn't go to any therapy. So <clears throat> how was, um, how did he deal with what he had seen? I'm assuming he had seen some similar things. Yeah, but he he was just staying up and becoming angry. Mm. And he wasn't even an angry person. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. That was the shocking part. He went from not being an angry person. He was like a gentle giant to he changed to angry one. Mm. And so you're basically living with somebody completely different than uh, the person who had left on deployment back in January before that. Yes. And the fear of that, we can't have that fear. Sure. You can't have the fear of something or someone. I can't live in that life. Right. So I was a child of that life. I can't right. live in that life for my own children. That was gonna, I will not. That was going to be my next my next question was, I mean, you had lived through that as, as a child in an abusive house. Uh, I mean, so you you got out of that situation with, with him. So how long after you have both returned from deployment did you end up finally getting out of that situation and, and going through a divorce? I was not... In that house, I don't think it was even six months. So, so then, how did that even just going through the the procedure of going through a divorce? Um, how did that affect you and and your children? You know, what? a divorce um, affects the kids and myself. It did a lot of things. Um, my house was foreclosed. 
voluntarily had to give up a car. Um, eventually moved back home, um, but later became homeless. Um, a number of things, there were some life lessons learned, but I continued to work. I continued to put my kids through school. Um, and they continued to strive to do better, to be determined to motivate. They were motivators. So I got us a little apartment. Um, we had to, before the apartment, had to sleep on the floor a bit um, of my brother's place. But I got us apartment after that. I was able to furnish it. I was able to um, continue to even get them to camp. They were going to camp um, every year. Um, we were able to go on vacation. Um, so it didn't stop. Excuse me. Divorce didn't stop anything. Mm -hmm. It just taught me some lessons. Some lessons learned. So uh, I'm just trying to understand here. When you go through divorce, when you went through yours, um, this is six months after you returned from deployment. Are you still in the Army at this point? When you went through No. Divorce? Okay, so you had gotten out. <laughs> no. No. Okay. I'm not in the Army at this point. I'm voluntarily told I had to get out. <laughs> okay. Okay, got it. Got it. All right. Yeah, and I and I don't have a job right. either. Yes, that, that was my question. So you d you did mention that you continued to work. So what what work were you now doing? Um, if you were no longer in the army, what what work were you doing? Yeah, I was first. I was I was sub, I was substitute teaching. I was working at a appliance store. I was doing all these odds and ends jobs. Um, in Georgia, then I got a job at the Defense Language Institute working for the government, which was great. And then I started working for the um, Department of Veteran Affairs, and, and that's when I landed that job. And that's what you're doing now, right? And that's what I'm doing now, yeah. Okay. And so, okay, <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. You, you are an incredible woman. So you're now divorced, single mother. Um, you are you no longer have that army steady paycheck coming in. Um, now you also have had you've had to move out of your house for due to foreclosure, and somehow you are still managing to keep your kids. You you said uh, that they that they were uh, thriving. Um, how how did you do that? I mean, you, you obviously you mentioned some of the jobs you were doing, but um, how? What did you have some type of faith? Uh, what's your your foundation that you were leaning on through that whole process? Well, during that process, during that during that time, um, it was my faith that I was heavily leaning on. Mm -hmm. At um, during that time, um, I didn't get into um, my current faith base now. It's, my faith is has 
sprouted all over the place now. <laughs> it's 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 grown. Now I have practice and in mindfulness and everything now and and including my higher power, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I trust in God as as well as that. But if I didn't have um, meditation and and prayer in addition to, I wouldn't be where I'm at now because, you know, I meditate and I pray. So right. I do a, a bit of both um, on this day and age. Yeah. So that's, I definitely want to get into how you got introduced to meditation. But be- before I oh. go there, um, can can I ask you, I mean, this may be a, a question that you're uncomfortable with, but I read an article sure. about you on CNN and that at one point you you had tried to take your own life. And, and first off, I have to say I am so sorry that you're ever at a point where that was what you felt was your only option. And, and second, I have to say that I'm so thankful that you found some type of help afterward. Can you tell me what help you did receive afterward? The, the day I tried to take my own life was right, right at the time, right before um, I just lost my job. Um, I was substitute teaching. So I had right before the working at the uh, appliance store, I just lost my substitute teaching job. And I was about to get foreclosed on. Mm. And that was right around that time frame. It's, and I had just got out. The Army had just dismissed me. And I felt like the walls were closing in on me. That the cavalry was just was, was done. It was over with. Right. And I was so thankful um, that it didn't work, <laughs> that... I did. That's the one thing I did. That's one of the things I did fail at. <laughs> um, I did get some mental health care for a week uh-huh. with the Department of the Army. Okay. I was happy with that um, because the mental health care that they did give me for the week was stellar. I can say that. Um, and I remember my daughter asking me later why and the only answer I can give her is because I had a bad day and, that, and she is mm-hmm. again at this time like eight years old eight or nine years old or is she a little bit older than that um, she's about um, this is right after I had the boy so she's about eight about okay. eight um, this is 2006 okay Got it. 2006. So she bought it. Mm-hmm. So you got that week of uh, mental health support from the Department of mm-hmm. the Army. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then what? And then so we're, um, we leave, we go to California. We're working in California. And then um, we have, we got a good job in California. Um we had some hiccups in California with the homelessness a bit, um, but we get back on our feet <clears throat> with an apartment. We get to land a good job here at the VA. Nice. The kids are still thriving and that whole everything with school. 
Um, the kids are doing after school um, sports from sports to drama and choir and all of these different things that so they're in and having friends and all of this stuff that's happening and we're traveling and we're just having a great time and everybody's having a great time. Grades are up and it's just good, wholesome fun and they're enjoying life and so am I. That's good, wholesome fun, but it's also good parenting. So, hey, I have to applaud you. Great job. I mean, your your kids are uh, are blessed to have you. So, so um, now you... Uh, you mentioned meditation and, and prayer. Yes. How were you introduced to meditation? I was introduced to meditation. Matter of fact, I remember when I was introduced to it, um, I got an email about Veterans Path, and I remember seeing it, and I passed it on to other vets. And I was like, hey, you know, this is a good program for you. You should go and do it, X, Y, Z. And somebody said, well, June, are you going to do it? I was like, maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) And then so the next year comes, and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is the year I'm going to do it. (laughs) Because I got a lot on my plate. I need to do it. (laughs) So this was, that was the year I did it. And then I went because I needed to learn how to just care for me and not feel like I was just being selfish, like not feel like that. So I was being taught how to meditate and relax and also do some self-care promotion for me. Because how can I care for myself? If I don't care for myself, I'm not able to care for everybody else. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's the reminder of that, you know. So and I love go ahead. Uh, so okay, now you're you're at a veterans path retreat. You mm-hmm. learn you learn a little bit about mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. You you come back from that retreat. Um one, are you are you still in contact with some of the people that you met at those retreats or at that retreat? Yes. Well, my group that I was in contact with, we have a um we have a group page, okay. And so we're uh, we're we're still in contact. My my group that I was with. So that's awesome. We're always um, Marco Polo and each other all the time on Marco Polo. Fantastic. It's so funny. Well, that's perfect. I mean, that's like the community that you had been a part of in in the military when you were in the army, and it sounds like when you got out of the army, you kind of lost a little bit of that community. But now it sounds like mm-hmm. you you found a new community that you're a part of through. Through that Marco Polo um, and through uh, through Veterans Path, so shows how important community is. But then mm-hmm. the the meditation piece. Now you take what you've learned at the retreat, you take that home. Um, how do you implement those practices in your in your daily life back home with children in the house, and and what do they think about it? Well, um, for me, when I returned, they thought. Oh, you being a vegetarian, that was the other part, too. That was my other piece that I had brought back home with me. They really? thought that was a fad, <laughs> and that, that's not a fad. So you're, like, you're still a vegetarian? That, yeah, I was like, that isn't a fad. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, and I'm not buying on meat. That's, I'm not <laughs> buying that meat. 
<laughs> you want to have you want the meat, you're gonna have to buy it yourself because they're adults now, so you have to buy it yourself <laughs> like that. So, yeah. So now it's been what four years, I think, three or four years now, and um, I have my altar at home. As soon as you walk in, walk in the living room, you can see it, and it's not hidden in the back room or nothing like. It's in the living room. As soon uh-huh. as you walk in the living room, it's right there. And um, I have um, a couple of seats that somebody wants to sit to. Nice. And then I have my Headspace app. Now, I bought another Headspace app because they had gave us um, one year, um, but then I bought another. I buy, buy my own annually uh-huh. Headspace, which helps me. And I like that app. Me too. And then you can always go in there and do um, get more creek sounds and stuff because like Tassahara, the creek sounds are amazing. Tassahara is amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, just naming different places that I enjoyed while I was was going through this process, and it's just staying through this process. Um, for for me, just continuing being mindful and doing my and I even went a step further and uh, became a a whole health coach. Really? And started to even help other people be mindful about just their whole the whole circle of circle of life about their whole body and everything. And I'm just like, you got to be mindful about everything. Right. I was telling somebody just the other day, I quoted uh, Charlotte when I was saying a moment is a moment. Yeah. I just caught myself even saying That's that. That's right. I was like <laughs> Because she was so negative. I was just like, that was last week that you were talking about this. I said, a moment is a moment. Yeah, there you go. I said, stay in this moment. Absolutely. So, obviously, I mean, it sounds like uh, what you have been exposed to in the Veterans Path retreats and in in your whole whole health world has just done leaps and bounds or has really helped you to take leaps and bounds towards a happier and healthier life. Um, can you mention any specific, uh, maybe benefits that other people have seen in you besides the whole health, um, and besides, I guess the, they, they walk into your house and they see the altar, so they know you're dedicated, but have they actually mentioned, uh, any, any benefits that they've seen in you, changes that they've seen in you? You know what? Just yesterday, my doctor just yesterday, my own doctor asked me, uh, it was, I was kind of embarrassed. She asked me, she said, are you taking Botox? <laughs> and I said, no. She says, because I said, why do you ask? She says, because you don't have any wrinkles on your face. Nice. <laughs> yep. And people don't realize, but that's actually one of the benefits potentially uh, if you practice regularly you can not necessarily reverse the aging process, but slow it down. That's, so that's fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And it must have a lot to do with your, your healthy eating habits. And, you know, you're taking care of that whole health. So good for you. So, I thought that was so funny. I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and now you're where? You're in California. Are you close to um, uh, Monterey? I'm in California. I'm not too far from Monterey. I'm about um, an hour and a half okay. from Monterey. 
I went to school in Monterey, so I'm, I'm familiar with oh. some of the areas around there. I went to the postgraduate school just down the street from DLI. So. Oh, the name of postgraduate school. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure enough. So now you are working as an, as an admin officer in the chaplain service with the VA. How, how did you end up uh, getting that work? Um, actually, one day I saw it posted on the um, board, and that see how long ago that was before we started doing everything online. Right. I saw it posted on the board, and I went ahead and uh, filled out an application and had got hired for got an interview. Nice. And uh, got hired just like that. There you it go. Was, it wasn't that long after that I got hired. It's meant to be for the position. So I'm sure in, in that line of work, in working in the VA, uh, you run into a lot of folks who may be uh, struggling with some similar, similar situations to what you faced. And, and I know as the, as the AO, it's not necessarily your place to give them counseling, um, but do you ever find people confiding in you because of your background and because your story is, is out there for people to see? If they, if they Google you, they, they'll find your story. Um, do you find people confiding in you because of that? I get people confiding in me all the time just because um, of my story and people are familiar with my story or familiar with me. Um, they confide in me. A lot of, um, even the veterans that come here that might not even know my story, they confide in me anyway. Sometimes they'll just, just want to have somebody just to listen. Mm -hmm. um, or even the employees at times just want to confide. And what do you recommend for people who are confiding in you? Most of the time it's a chaplain. I'm going to recommend a chaplain to speak to, or depending on the conversation, then if it's not the chaplain they need to talk to, it might be something. For us, it's the chaplain all the time. Mm -hmm. And then the chaplain can recommend um, a social worker or um, a mental health provider. Great. Yeah, and and you already told us that you have recommended Veterans Path, and that was before you even went to a Veterans Path retreat. <laughs> you were you mm-hmm. were recommending that people go, um, and I'm assuming since then you've you've recommended others uh, go to the Veterans Path uh, retreats. Have you ever recommended meditation? Well, we have meditation here. There at the at the we VA. Have, yeah, at the VA, we have med- meditation here at the VA. We have. Um, it's offered uh, several days. Matter of fact, we we even have. Let me see what days is offered here. It's Mondays, Monday, like Monday through Friday, but it's only like three days a week. And how is that administered there? We had it. We have it in person two days, and then one day is virtual. Okay. Wow, that's great. I love that you guys are doing that there. And you get mm-hmm. uh, you get people taking uh, taking that fairly regularly, coming in for that. Yeah, yeah, they come fairly regularly for that because the um, the one that's on the phone, we have one on video, and then one you can come in person. That's how they have it set up. That's outstanding. Well, yeah, so they can capture people. Good, good. Well, um, we're starting to probably get to the the end of our show here, June. What what have we not oh. have we not covered that uh, that you would like to make sure that we do talk about? Well, I can't think of anything that you have not covered. Um, you pretty much 
got all the nuts and bolts of my life. Um, <laughs> we covered suicide, homelessness, um, debt relief, um, striving children. There you go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what are, yeah. Your, what are your children doing now? Oh, what they're doing now, my daughter's working on her second uh, college degree. And wow. my son is working. Yes. And <laughs> my son is uh, currently going to school and working on his modeling career. Wow. Well, congratulations. That is outstanding. I mean, that is a true um, kind of a phoenix story coming up and out of the ashes so for you and, and your <laughs> children. That's that's fantastic. So thank you. If if people wanted to get a hold of you, June, what's the best way for them to to contact you if they wanted to know more about your story or or get some uh, get some help from you? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? They can um, friend me on Facebook. They can reach me on. Um, I have a Twitter account as well. I have. I have to get you the information so that people can reach me, definitely. <laughs> but it's just June Moss, if they're looking for you um, on mm -hmm. on uh, Facebook, June Moss. If they're looking for you on uh, on Twitter, is it, um, do you know what your handle is? I think it's June C. Moss June on, C. Moss. on Twitter. Okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, June, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your story and, and your incredible journey. You've, like I said, you've had a heck of a road. Uh, but, but you're going through those incredibly hard times. I can tell just from our conversation, I mean, we've never spoken before this podcast, but I can tell that you're going through those hard times. It's, it's made you an incredibly strong woman and an incredibly strong and dedicated mother that you are today. I would, I would never wish what you have been through on anyone, but the way that you have risen, risen up through it all to where you are today is, is truly an inspiration. So. Thank you again for sharing that with everyone. No, thank you for having me again. It's uh, been a pleasure, been a pleasure. For our listeners, thank you for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Twitter. And remember listeners, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.